whenever. Trim it like the trimmings of the turkey. <laughs> Welcome to the Guide to Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean. Sean, quiet week for you over there, huh? Oh, yeah, nothing going on here. You know, maybe maybe we'll uh, do a Thanksgiving or two. Yeah, because we're doing two Thanksgivings tomorrow as well. And then, I don't know, maybe a Saturday I'll head to the golf course. But if it's too cold, instead of going golfing, maybe I'll get married because I'm getting <laughs> married on Saturday. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. So exciting. I am very so excited. Very anxious. I would like to uh, I would like to proceed with the nuptials immediately. Um <laughs> For both excitement and anxious reasons, yes. So <laughs> to our audience, there. please please tune in at 4.30 Eastern uh, on YouTube on Saturday when I will be live streaming. <laughs> you, I was going to say, I was like, Sam is very, very strict about the no phones. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if I'm like in there like, he's doing it, guys, he's doing it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even want to think about Sam it. Sam has someone take me out. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think she, I think she's hired like some family members to like, you know, work with that kind of situation, you know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, Sean, we uh, before we get to your wedding, which, you know, minor detail this week, uh, we are going to have to talk about the breaking news. Oh, my God. Clifford, the big red dog is getting a sequel. This boy. is the greatest wedding gift. <laughs> too red, too Clifford, too big. Well, how do they go with this? What are the... <laughs> I think at the end of Clifford, he was like, if I remember correctly, because it was a 9 a.m. movie, um, like a month ago, he was like off to sea. So, like they were, they sent him to like a, uh, I don't know, some place that would take care of him. <laughs> like a colony or something? <laughs> a colony for other big dogs. It's like the giant Nick Fury big dog. You thought you were the only one? What are the big dogs? Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting about this story, though? Um Paramount is really doubling down on its kids' movies and stuff because they are doing a sequel to Paw Patrol. And, you know, we talked about this when Clifford first came out. It's a, I saw it. It's a fine movie, um, but it's not made for me. It's not made for you. It's for kids. And these movies are pretty successful when they just stick to, you know, the, tar- the target audience of children. So good to see Paramount kind of carving out a little niche for themselves there as they try to figure out what's going on with Star Wars and all that jazz it's just, paramount is just the the weirdest situation we have because not too many people have you know paramount plus of i know it's hooked into cbs in some ways so some people use it to watch football um you know uh mayor of kingstown is a uh, show um and that like, that's one to probably try to lure people in with uh diane weiss kyle chandler and jeremy renner which by the way it's gonna probably work for sam and i like we like we kind of want to see it just for those cast members even though it's just <laughs> it's about the private prison system so uh <laughs> like it's not exactly like a real knee slapper um <laughs> So I don't know what their angle is. And so I think you're right. Their angle is kids. Their angle is children. And um, yeah, and like, you know, get the kids movies going. I mean, Paw Patrol was a huge hit, like either on like streaming or in theaters. So, you know, if they kind of like, you know, have that same platform with the next Paw Patrol and then the next Clifford, it'll probably work itself out. And you know what? They need content, too. So it's yeah. it's good for them. There's, you know thinking about a lot of books that could be, or children's books that could be mined for properties. Um, Bernstein bears. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen anything with that. Um, There'd be too many, too many riots over how you spell it. Cause no one actually knows true. the right way. Like Bernstein. Truly no it. It, Bernstein. Not, it's, I think each book title was different. 
And that's how like we're all in this mess. <laughs> well, on the kids front, we have a lot going on in terms of uh, animated movies, of course, that have come out this year, but some stuff that we're looking forward to in the future. And one of them is uh, a DC property that is, uh, of course, from Warner Brothers. But this is the wonderful, the exciting. It's playing in my ear as I'm talking. Um, this is... DC League of Super Pets. We got the official trailer after John Krasinski was confirmed uh, as Superman. Uh, Kevin Hart's in this. Kate McKinnon's in this. The Rock voices Crypto. Let's just watch this and enjoy, shall we? Let's do it. <laughs> and you have not seen this. Declare, I have not seen this yet. So this is going to be a completely fresh reaction. I am so excited for this. And we go. <laughs> Maybe we go. Technology. Go. Oh, boy. Go. Okay, so it. far, it's going great. Oh. Wake up, buddy. It is walk o'clock. Maybe I should let him sleep. Okay. And I'm up. Okay. We'll go for a walk. I have an owner, and he's Superman. Let me just bring that out. They should call me Iron Man. <laughs> no. My dog's the best, but he's not the greatest with other animals. What is new with you, fellow normal dog? I bit the FedEx guy the other day. Who was he working for? General Zod, Legion of Doom. <laughs> FedEx. Of course. Federation of X's. Not trusted. What is taking my owner so long? <laughs> well, well, well. If it isn't the Justice League. Superman? Oh, What's okay. Going on? Uh, okay. <laughs> You're super strong. I should be a lot more dead right now, right? My best friend is in danger and you have to help me well we're just a bunch of shelter pets <gasps> but they're stronger than you think the mighty oink <laughs> i didn't see anything shell on wheels where the heck am i indestructible dog great i'm the only one who didn't get any super when one has an abundance of power, they have a certain duty to use that power to... Sorry, you were saying something? How much did you have to drink? I had two toilet bowls and a bidet. Bidet, too, which is it's crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it's like a dog water fountain. Oh. Out of the way, cat child. Hey, deploy canine shield. What is a canine? Evade! Excellent shielding. That seemed incredibly painful. Uh, anybody want to switch powers? Come on. This is an Oscar contender. I mean, it very well might be because there's an animated category. and <laughs> But I... Like, l listen, I, the part of me that says this is, um, you know, the, the cynical part of me is, okay, this is, you know, 
We're dealing with WB animation. This looks a lot like illumination. This kind of feels like, you know, the, the very, you know, cheap animated, like, you know, cheap, uh, cheap comedy, um, for kids to laugh and everything like that. That being said, I laughed a lot in this. <laughs> you did laugh a lot. I was guessing that. <laughs> and so I, I can't say I can't say too much bad about it. Um, I sort of enjoyed myself. I mean, you know, I, I started to see where it was going. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to a solid place. It's like, oh, yeah, Superman is there. Superman's gone. So now the other, like, um, you know, these super pets <laughs> need to take over. And, you know, it, it does. There's something great about that. I don't know. There's, it's that that is a usual plot that is a very typical kids movie type of plot but it works and it's got the great voice acting um like pretty pretty damn great voice acting and uh um yeah it's funny you uh they they, they literally announced john krasinski like yesterday when the trailer came out almost <laughs> yeah. it like, it's like i think he did all his scenes then because i don't think he's gonna be in this movie that much um but, uh, you know, it's one of those that, that will be fun. I'll, I'll probably laugh and enjoy it. And, you know, I don't know where it falls in the DC universe. Uh, you know, <laughs> Nobody does. Is, that, is this going to be confirmed that, uh, you know, Commissioner Gordon, J.K. Simmons will be in this? Because uh, if that happens and there's just a live action J.K. Simmons, like standing there at one point. I'll, OK, I'm in. Like, absolutely. Because <laughs> what was it? The, the news came that, like, you know, J.K. Simmons is going to be in Batgirl. And I'm like, yeah, he, okay, so he's just going to be the one that's everywhere then. Fine. <laughs> and he starts filming those scenes, I think, in January. Uh, he just uh, discussed on one of the in one of his interviews because he, uh, of course, is starting to do the rounds for being the Ricardos. Um, oh, yeah, he, he's running. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he's campaigning for best supporting actor. He's running. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, for president, he didn't release a book yet. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm right there with Qualification. you. <laughs> Every candidate releases a book at some point. Get ready. Like, pay attention to that. Um, anyway, the I, I think this is actually going to be a lot of fun. The trailer surprised me. Uh, I was like, oh, here we go with this shit. Um, you know, everyone's like, give us Man of Steel 2. And they're like, okay, here's DC League of Super Pets. Enjoy. Um uh, give us uh, Henry Cavill back. We're developing two black Superman uh, properties. Okay, give us Zack Snyder too. We're not going to, or Zack Snyder's Justice League too. We're not going to confirm that uh, Henry Cavill is still around. <laughs> Here's um, a tweet from Zack Snyder though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, on that note, uh, if you're referencing the fact that he, what I shared with you the other day, that he posted the clapboard uh, with a picture of Wonder Woman from the first Wonder Woman uh, behind it. Uh, the I forget what his title was. I want to say he was an assistant director or something. Um, he posted a picture of Darkseid, I believe it was, and said something along the lines of like, it begins. Um, and now so everyone's like, what is happening? Um, and I have said all along, um, put that project on HBO Max. It is it will not harm anyone. Uh, it will quiet up a big portion of the internet. <laughs> a lot of people will be happy and no one else will know. Just <laughs> <laughs> nobody will be hurt by this. Um, but yeah, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, once again, WB throwing a project out there that is not in line with anything that people ask for, but <laughs> we shall see. Um, let's dive into what we've been watching because we've had a lot of big release releases come out this week uh, and last week. 
um, and uh, varying degrees of success in the box office for them. The first one that we're both going to talk about is King Richard here. King Richard, of course, is the Will Smith-fronted story of Venus and Serena Williams. Uh, really, it's mostly about Venus. Um, but yep. uh, <laughs> um, it did not do well at all at the box mm -hmm. office, which is fascinating to me. But um, is also it is also on HBO Max. So I, I haven't posted my review yet because I honestly haven't finished it. Um, here are my thoughts on it. Will Smith is fine. I don't mm -hmm. think he's great in it. I don't think he's anything like absolutely phenomenal. He actually kind of annoyed me a little bit. Um, but I, I guess that's also part of the character because the father of Venus and Serena was a very polarizing, uh, is a very polarizing individual just based on the way that he uh, went about um, doing what he wanted to do for Venus and Serena. Uh, but of course, he always had their best interest in mind. Um, Anjanu Lewis is my all-star in this movie. Absolutely. She was phenomenal uh, as Venus and Serena's mom, um, obviously wife to Will Smith's character. She just, every scene that she was in, she was phenomenal. Um, John Bernthal was really good in support. Um, but I, the thing that got me with King Richard is I didn't, I wasn't emotionally invested until like the very end when they open the gates and walk out and everyone's cheering Venus and Serena or for Venus. That's when I was like, oh, okay, I'm getting emotional. And then they showed the pictures and the videos and you know, that really got me going, but the, it, the rest of it just felt like it never reached the level that it was aiming for to be one of those great sports uh, biopics. And it, don't get me wrong. It's a very well done movie. Great performances all around. Great inspirational story. Um, but it it was lacking for me. Uh, and that unfortunately was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely loved it a little bit more than you. Um, and uh, I like I see it as that great sports movie. But I do agree with you where there is that the largest emotion was in that final moment when she does come out and sees because she well, I mean, OK, spoiler, maybe, but also look up the damn like actual <laughs> <result of> the <laughs> matches. she loses the big match at the end and uh, she comes out in those gates. And, you know, she she feels like she sort of in some way uh, fails. Um, but then she sort of like comes out there and like there, there is a moment where, you know, she, she realizes that there's going to be more to this to her yeah. as Will Smith's character, as Richard says, is like, you know, Hey, this isn't really going to be just about tennis. It will be for a little bit, but this is also going to be, you're going to be having the weight of the world. You are going to be the first black girl out there doing that, or one of the first or one of the most famous. And so in that regard, there's that scary nature. So I agree with you totally on that, where that was the most emotional, but I, I do think that that like th there was, th that was sort of a revelation at that moment. Cause uh, you know uh, yeah. Richard Williams is acting like an asshole for like a large amount of this movie. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, like that drove me nuts um, when it comes to Will Smith's performance. I did love this. I mean, it is like, you know, he's doing the physical properties thing. He's got the hunched over thing, but you know, that's like going to be a part of his character where he does kind of lean in to listen in all situations. So he sort of has that like, you know, character, the voice inflection, it, you know, you can go either way on it. Like, is it an accent is a little bit of just him adding a little bit more. Um, they were thinking of doing prosthetics, I heard about that. <laughs> I don't think he needed them. I mean, he really, yeah, first of all, he didn't. He looked pretty good. I mean, you know, they grayed his hair. He, you know, he, he looked a little bit older. They, yeah, they put some makeup on him. But um, like, like, oh, thank God they didn't do those. But um, I really liked his performance. Also, John Barenthal, in a year where Best Supporting Actor is very weird, 
God, I would love to see him sneak in in a comedic performance where, I don't know, he's occasionally happy and his voice is a little bit higher and he's not playing a cop that's going to kill a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) It was great to see this performance from him. And then, as you said, Anjane Ellis, um, I mean, the one thing I could say is kitchen scene. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. But this worked with me on the emotion from the beginning. That's where, like, I think that you and I differ with Um, when the DCF comes in or, you know, essentially the cops come in. um, There's that, like, you know, a a kind of a monologue he has there where he sort of tells him off. Um, And then you see him, like, slowly try to, like, you know, help out these girls. You see uh, both of them try to coach them. Um, You see the difference with the sisters. You see the two of them parenting style or two of them with parenting styles that are very different and how, you know, she does, you know, rein him in from him being a complete and utter monster, which he could have gone down that path um, yeah. and and sometimes maybe cross that line. Um, and they they really have you flirt with that and they really have you decide that situation. Um, yeah, you, you know, you're right with the with the sports uh, movie send up. You know, sports movies are such a tough thing. Because, you know, what is a sports movie? Some people are like, oh, they play one game at the very end. I mean, that's kind of what this was almost. Or, you know, they play like if they're playing sports throughout, um, you know, what what constituted or is the visible uh, nature of sports there in uh, every aspect? And, you know, I see this where, you know, it's a sports movie is, you know, for me, something you cry at and then also something where a sport is played. And I did both of those <laughs> things here. I mean, that's, that's what the sports movie has come to almost. I mean, I guess Bull Durham, you're not crying, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those. Um, I, I really I, I enjoy this movie. I think it had a lot of, uh, you know, like solid emotion. Um, it crescendos in the end, but uh, it's a fun one without a doubt. I think it's going to be a little disappointing for people that are going into it, hoping for a story specifically about Venus and Serena, mm-hmm. um, because you're not getting that. You, of course, you're learning about their childhood and how they were approached uh, or how their father approached their education, yeah. their them being raised, uh, their training and all of that. Serena is very much in the 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 back i almost said the backyard she's very much um you know in the background here and it's not until uh richard has a a little interaction with her um when venus is about to go out on the court for the championship that he says something like you're going to be the best in the world like you're you're next and stuff like that i think what bothered me was that one of the things that bothered me was that uh he put the weight of the world on her on venus yeah yeah you know he keeps talking about like the weight of the world and how important it is and you know what she's representing and that poor girl when she's out there and you know of, we can talk about the final match and everything and how her opponent completely uh you know kind of Sandbag, threw part of that yeah yeah um but you know of course she's going to feel the weight of the world because you put that on her um so i i think i was just frustrated with all that it, but it's hard to be frustrated when it's a true story and yeah. venus and serena did sign on as executive producers um, yeah. So that I think gives some validation to it. Not, and this doesn't take away at all mm-hmm. from the phenomenal uh, people that they are. And I really loved, uh, like, and that was the tricky thing because you're right. Like, uh, he put all that on her, and maybe it's like, you know, don't say that to her. Like when he says, like, you're, you're right. not just representing, like, ten, you're representing every young black girl ever. And it's like, oh god, dude, like, really? But that is why he didn't want her competing in any juniors. And this was such a cool moment for me because I'm like. Why is Will Smith's character not letting her compete in juniors? Like, you know, is it just does he really think she's not ready? What the hell is going on there? And then there's that like, you know, moment where he says something like that. And, you know, 
hey, if that actually happened where Richard Williams said to her, I was like, that's a horrible thing to say to the daughter. (laughs) You're going to absolutely crush her. But at the same time, I really like that. That was the that was the revelation point where I was like, oh, that's why he's doing that. And that must be something, you know, that is just like is difficult for her. And that is why. And this is actually where Sam and I got into an argument about it because she wanted to see a movie about Venus and Serena Williams. And I was just, I was ready. To, I just watch movies. <laughs> like I was, what? <laughs> I was ready to see whatever. And, um, you know, and she was right. She's like, maybe this would have been more powerful if we saw it from Venus and Serena's perspective. And I'm like, well, they don't have a lot of conflict going on in this story. And, you know, not to, not to any fault of their own is that they're not making any of these decisions. Um, either they can't or they're not being permitted to talking about how that might be an issue in a bit or something, but um, they're not really making any issues. So they don't really, these characters, by the way, I'm not talking about the real people. These characters don't really get much of an arc while Will Smith's character, Richard Williams does get an arc. Now that arc could be, you know, controversial in terms of how he says things, behaves things, which by the way, he doesn't, he, he barely does things right in this. I mean, you know, he has his plan (laughs) and everything, but there's so many moments where he's inconsistent. Um, and I think that's because he like goes back on deals himself or he changes his mind quite a bit. And you know, there, there's so many parts of him. He's a very flawed character. So it's it's tricky having him be the main character with the arc because like you keep on saying you get a little bit pissed off at the guy (laughs) and so that makes for a tough viewing experience i mean i see him like eventually correct himself and once again it's just a movie so who knows if he was right he probably wasn't he probably was a dick and he continued to be but (laughs) like in this situation it, it made for something kind of clean cut all the way up until the end like with the nike deal which was very fascinating yeah, I'm I'm totally with you there. I you know, going back to Venus and Serena and the way they're depicted in this, I had a hard time believing that there wasn't more conflict. Mm-hmm. Um there's we see a lot of conflict in the movie of course with, with Richard, uh you know, with the with oh my gosh, I'm forgetting Anjanu uh, Ellis's uh oh, name. Oh, it was a very distinct I, name. Oh, it's yeah, going to uh, kill me. That's gonna, yeah, um Osera um is the the end of it. Oh my goodness. Um 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 Oh my god. Oh my god. The problem is I have oh trouble typing in. Um Danae Ellis. Or Oracine? yes. That's kind of what I said. And <laughs> arguably she did the better job uh, because Serena has e- totally eclipsed um mm-hmm. Venus in a lot of ways. Um it, good movie though. Very very good movie. Yeah. It just it it wasn't what I was expecting but um Will Smith, I'm totally on board with him getting nominated. I think it was a great performance. I didn't love it as much as like people saying he's the front runner and he's going to run away with it. I think there's some other good performances that could be discussed. One that I'll probably um, be talking about with you. Yes. Yeah, buddy. Um, I think that's one of them. But uh, Sean, let's move on from King Richard. We both had the opportunity to watch a number of the big releases that came out uh, this past week. Some some movies that weren't so big. Uh, Black Friday, which I haven't quite gotten to yet, but I can't wait for. <laughs> has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. 60%. Right on the edge. It's right on that the edge. That's solid. That's <laughs> solid for that type of movie. It knows what it is. But you wanted to talk about Tick, Tick, Boom. Hit us with that Tick, Tick, Boom knowledge. So those are my two movies this weekend was King Richard and Tick, Tick, Boom, because those are the two streamers. One of them could be in theaters, but I'm trying to do streamers when they're out in streamers, you know, and that's probably why King Richard suffered at the box office. My bad, King Richard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was was all me. Um, However, I also watched Tick, Tick, Boom, and um, 
when it comes to musical adaptations, this was unbelievably good. Like just unbelievable. This is like towards the tops. Um, Cause lately and not this year, by the way, this year it's been, you know, hit or miss, but like lately, like musical adaptations just go a little bit, just run a little bit flat for me. Uh, when they're Which one are you talking stage. about, Sean, I'm not talking about a particular one. Don't make it a thing. <laughs> Prom, for example. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I look at them and I really want, uh, you know, I, I feel like they could be better. I feel like a lot of times they stay on that platform of just a stage um, where something like Tick, Tick, Boom used the fact that it was a stage musical and was able to fixate it into the world of uh, cinema, was able to make it into a movie. And that's what was great about it. Um, like Andrew Garfield. I mean, hey, we're talking best actors right now. Um it's tough because I really like Will Smith. I really like the idea of Will Smith winning an Oscar, but it like, you know, Andrew Garfield embodies this character so well on every, like, you know, a little bit of journey that uh, he goes on. It's sort of like uh, kind of wondrous. You feel for him and you're also frustrated by him quite a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really think this is one of uh, Andrew Garfield's tops. If social network didn't exist or, you know, sure. several others, um, Andrew Garfield's always been like a, insane performer for me and i say insane in like a great way of um the projects that he takes on are ranged from spider-man to under the silver lake and that is the longest range of all movies ever that have existed and it's just like unbelievable they're, they're both like you know it's just nutty that he goes in those directions and he puts himself into it every time uh while also making sure he honors uh whoever he is portraying um, so, you know, loved Andrew Garfield. I'd say with this movie, there was something missing to it. Um, and I think it was that, you know, I loved the characters. I didn't like sort of see the interactions work together as much as I wanted to, or as much as I hoped. And in one hand, that's, you know, two of them are breaking up. So of course you're going to see an issue there. Two of them are arguing quite a bit and like have been going on the outs when I talk about them i'm not talking about any character not doing well or any performance not doing well i just did like sometimes the portrayals portrayal excuse me of the character characters well, portrayals isn't the right word the placements of those characters weren't as great meaning i think that i wanted to see more of them at, at times yeah. And granted, you know, and that's a tough thing to do when you have a musical that's two hours long but it's like why bother advertising that you have vanessa the when you know i see her like you know i blink and i miss her almost and she, was and she so does great by the way <laughs> yes she was so good she has one of like my favorite moments which is like on on par with like chicago or cabaret uh like in, in uh, movie identicals which is the therapy session where the yep. two of them are like kind of talking there which is just a great scene like great musical adaptation scenes which it's like all right you're taking from there um, I mean, I love Robin De Jesus, which I'll always shout out boys in the band last year. I mean, I would have loved to have seen him in the five and best supporting actress then. And in this also great would have loved to have seen him like in a lot more of it. But he was, you know, hmm, in the necessary parts. But I wanted to almost see like more of that conflict from the beginning to see the heartbreak at the end. Um, and the same with Alexandra Ship, who I thought was great. Director Lin-Manuel Miranda. Awesome. 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 Very ambitious. Might be to his fault at times. Still very ambitious. And I'll take that. And the last thing is uh, Sam and I had a blast watching uh, the, the diner scene. Um, we yes. don't know much about Broadway at all. And so we were just kind of like, 
Well, that looks like a person. That looks like a person yeah. that should be known. That looks like a famous person we should know. That looks like a famous. Oh, there we go. Renee, going Philip Assoon, Renee Elise Goldsberry. Like we, those two, we got. <laughs> like, but uh, it's a no. it's a love letter to Broadway fans. I mean, it is. I, it's one hundred percent authentic in terms of how they brought not only the story to life but Broadway itself. I, I was very impressed. Who knew? Who knew that Andrew Garfield could sing? Who knew? It's. It is this moment where he has that natural ability where, um, you know, and it was the, my favorite part of the trailer when the trailer came out, because I, I would just play that 15 second beginning clip of the trailer. It's the Bohemia song and just unbelievable. Oh, where oh, like, oh, oh. And he just like it, you see that it's just coming natural to him. And so it's not just somebody who's like, like, you know, it's like an actor who's trying to sing, who's straining and getting ready to sing and everything like that. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> like he is like just it's it's flowing out of him. The, the musical nature of it, the, the musical. It's oh, God, Andrew Garfield, man. Like, my goodness. And he is the one I think can make a run for best actor, potentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now it's 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 a three dog race. Uh, him, uh, Smith, and uh, well, it's weird. Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I mean, like nobody's seen it yet except for critics. But you know, that's that's the other that's the that's the big three. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, let's talk about something a little bit different. House of Gucci. Uh, so House of Gucci is now in theaters as of today. Uh, let's start with Lady Gaga. She is phenomenal in it. She really is um, maturing already as an actress. So. You know, I'm not including her time on American Horror Story, uh, for which she won a Golden Globe, I believe, mm -hmm. um, but or an Emmy or both or one. One of them. Uh, but yeah. yeah, but um, she she's just really good in this. I mean, it's a different performance, different role, obviously, from uh, Star Is Born. Um, asks different uh, for different uh, characteristics and um, strengths from her, uh, and she does a really good job with it. She really kind of embodied that character. Um, Is she? The, I have to know, it, like. Is it good where she's leaning into a ridiculousness or is this a genuine good? Cause I'm, it's I'm a, yeah, go her for her part. It's a genuine good. Okay. Um, and that's, <laughs> I'll get to, I'll get to that kind of balance that this film struggles with in a second, uh, which I think gets to your question there. Um, <laughs> the other performances, you know, Adam driver is just solid. He's, he's such a good actor. And every time he's on screen, he's just a delight. The best performance in this movie was Al Pacino comes from Al Pacino. I've been hearing this. <laughs> he is phenomenal. Every time that he's on screen, uh, and he's uh, unfortunately often on screen with Jared Leto, who I will get to in a second, um, he, he's just great. He He's solid. He advances the story. He does a lot of the work in kind of giving you the, the dynamics of the family. Um, and I just, I very much enjoyed him. I thought he was a great addition to the cast and just really did a wonderful job. Um, it's... The first two thirds of the movie are really good and they're a lot of fun. It's a lot of family betrayal and backstabbing and business and dynamics of uh, individuals and all that jazz. Um, and it's kind of like it has an epic feel to it until you get to the downfall of not only the film, but the family. <laughs> um, when the when Gaga's Patrizia starts. Um, so spoiler, but it's true life. Yeah. Um, she, uh, her and uh, Fabrizio, uh, or I'm sorry, Maurizio, who's uh, Adam Driver's character, break up. Um, and that sort of starts the big rift and the, you know, the third act and everything just kind of slows. Um, it doesn't maintain the same kind of intrigue that the first two thirds of the movie did. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's weird. It's a very weird tone. Um, 
that is when Gaga's character leans into some more campy um, pieces. If you've seen the trailer where she is uh, talking to the uh, the would-be killers, um, she looks ridiculous. Okay, she looks absolutely ridiculous. It, like it looks like she has short hair and she's in like a leather jacket and all that shit. It was it was just goofy. Um, she spends a lot of time with uh, Sama Hayek's character, and they're in like mud baths and stuff. And it's just it, that didn't work for me. It's like someone else wrote, like finished writing her character, uh, which was frustrating. Let's talk about Jared Leto. Oh baby, let's talk. Wait, 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 wait. Is Jared Leto a good actor? I have a lot of problems <laughs> with Jared Leto, um, and I don't know where this is going to go, but uh, we'll we'll start here. Um, his entire performance in this is disrespectful to the character that he is portraying, um, which is Paolo Gucci, the cousin to uh, Adam Driver's character um, and son of Ad, uh, Al Pacino's character. Um, and it's just without care. I mean, you, you, you talk about camp, and I think a lot of the questions about camp in this movie came from seeing Jared Leto in a fat suit in the previews quite honestly. And his voice is ridiculous. He leans into it way too much. Uh, and it really takes away from the seriousness of the rest of the story and everything else that I think the movie had going for it. I don't understand why a person like Jared Leto had to be cast in that role. Um, you know, there's there's questions about like when people do accents and stuff like that. And um, I think that the accent work for the most part in the movie is very respectful. I think his is just complete comedy. And everything about him in this. Um, does, so if you enjoy that type of thing, you're going to love the performance. As a whole, I think it was so stupid. Um, and it it really is quite frustrating that, once again, it's Jared Leto being uh, idolized. Idolized isn't the right word. Um, I almost said commemorated, too. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, Jared Leto being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Celebrated I, I, oh, there we for go. <laughs> a performance that is just ridiculous. Um, well, I will so say no, he's that, not a good actor. Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I will say that when it comes to Gold Derby, the moment that this like was released uh, like to uh, critics and uh, to like, you know, some like test audiences and everything like that, he went from number one on Gold Derby to number five like i mean immediate drop and i think now if we looked on it and i i do hate checking gold derby because as someone who's like trying to predict the oscars it always screws with me really bad but anyway um i will say that i don't think he's gonna even i mean who knows what's happening in best supporting actor like it's truly impossible to predict right now but i don't think he has a shot Anymore. You have more genuine, authentic performances out there that can yeah. be thrown into that. I it just it was very frustrating because I wanted to love this movie, and I really I do like it. Don't get me wrong; I really enjoyed House of Gucci for what it was because the story is fascinating. Uh, but it just loses itself along the way, and it kind of feels like um, again, like maybe like two writers tackled it, uh, tackled different parts of it, and tried to piece it together. Um, I mean, that's and- what the last duel was, but. <laughs> Well, but but intentionally so yeah. for the right reasons, yeah. you know. Exactly. So, and, yeah. <laughs> and that's what's interesting with Ridley Scott is there's some people that said this is his best movie since Gladiator, and I'm like, oh, what? Because if you're looking at House of Gucci or Last Duel, the Last Duel is a much better movie than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, oh, I, don't know. I was yeah. having this discussion with a friend earlier who made the comment that the Last Duel might actually crack his top ten of the year, and it's crazy how the Last Duel has sat with me since I mm-hmm. saw it. 
and I can't wait to watch it again because it just continues to ruminate or I continue to ruminate on it. Um, but it's, I don't know. It would have been a better miniseries. Do you think, oh, I love that. I love That's my favorite take. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that the millennials will be able to put down their phones and be able to go see this movie, House of Gucci? No. Have you heard about the I, amazing <laughs> yeah, know, the Ridley Scott quote? Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Ridley Scott quote shitting on cell phones after him, uh, he and his company made content for fucking Quibi that is purposefully created the content for fucking phones. Or talk out both sides of your ass there, Ridley. Get in the enemy, you know. Like, you know, I, the last duel, it was made for a boomer audience. Like, essentially, boomers are going to the theater. Get some Facebook ads for the last duel. They're on their phone. They see them. People go see the movie then. Grow as a filmmaker. I'm sorry. Grow as a filmmaker and start getting a better pulse on what people want to see. House yeah. of Gucci, of course, could have been. And House of Gucci is going to do fine. I think it's going to do, do well. well. I, think, I think, yeah. Yeah. Gaga's a draw. People are very infatuated with her as an individual period, but also coming off of the star is born um, wanting to see how she is. Cause she, and I can't stress enough how many times I have said father, son and house of Gucci after seeing <laughs> this damn movie, it was stuck in my head forever. Um, just like after seeing being the Ricardos, it was Lucy. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's a good movie. It, it had the potential to be great, to be great rather. Um, and it's, it just, it missed it completely. It, it was like, it's like a train going towards its destination that just decided to hop off the bridge, uh, five minutes before it arrived. Um, and in this case, like 45 minutes before it arrived. Yeah. Um, so there's that, but enjoy House of Gucci now playing in theaters everywhere. It's going to be, it's going to be good. And not streaming. Not on your cell phone. Get off the fucking cell phones. Looking forward to seeing that on Saturday. <laughs> is your honeymoon like just like sleeping in a movie theater for a week <laughs> it's gonna be like you know putting me on the couch and just putting me in front of movies forever <laughs> <laughs> um all right let's move into the biggest news of the week um it's kind of a quiet week i think mainly because we are in thanksgiving mode right and so the uh, people aren't working um but that doesn't mean that some interesting tidbits don't leak out and don't get dropped, um, such as uh, this breaking news that I was just reading, uh, where a man has been sentenced to death for smuggling uh, Squid Games into North Korea. So, oh, do they play Squid Games in North Korea then? I don't think they did. Well, I mean, you know, why would you? Why oh, would they you play? Oh, play, play, like actually play the game. Oh yeah, no, yeah, like literally play like. <laughs> Oh, oh wait, no! Squid Game is not. They play the like. Do they have humans fight to the death? Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> <laughs> now probably, that I think probably. about it, yeah. Because otherwise, why would you want that to keep that a secret? Yeah. <laughs> no comment on that one. Uh, we <laughs> are going to move on to the first big story, which is Mahershala Ali's Blade has added Delroy Lindo to the cast per, vari per variety. Uh, and this, of course, is the film directed by Bassam Tariq, written by Stacey Osei, uh, oh my gosh, I'm butchering the name, Osei Kafour. Um, and uh, I believe what they are 
alluding to in terms of um, whose character might be Delroy Lindos is sort of like the one who teaches uh, Mahershala Ali's blade, everything he knows. I think they whitewashed the character in the original two blade movies. Um, but Hey, here we are. I'm trying to think if it was like, I was wondering this, if it was a uh, Chris Christopherson's character, that's, um, that's exactly yeah. who I had. I believe I read. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Hey, Chris character. Christopherson was awesome in those movies. So I'll give him that much. Um, but this is amazing. I mean, this is like an amazing cast. Like just, this is just such a good casting. Like if it's that same character or, you know, any character just having yeah. Delroy Lindo in a, but okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Let's just like do this for us. We, we have a Marvel blade movie with Mahershal Ali and Delroy Lindo. No one could have told me that in a while. This is like, the casting is unbelievable. We got great people behind the camera. Um, I mean, Everything about this is just perfect. Uh, Del Orlando's just so cool. Just so cool. Yeah. Oh, just. Oh, and you love loved it. him in The Harder They Fell, right? I mean, he was the, he was, I mean, The Harder They Fall. There's so many different, like, like, cat, like, members of the cast of that. He was so interesting in that as, you know, he was kind of the lawman who is working with all the bandits, sort of, uh, or working with a gang, basically. And so he's sort of straight laced and he's like, yeah, he's a little bit boring, but that makes him sort of like this exciting sort of straight man in the background. And he just Why's kinda, he gotta be straight? Why's he gotta be straight? Straight don't you do that. You know what Maybe I mean he was by gay. straight man. Maybe he was you gay. know what I mean by straight man, and he probably was. But <laughs> <laughs> this we got this we got. All right. Well, hey, Delroy Lindo, great casting. Um, I'm wondering if Scarlett Johansson is gonna be involved in this movie. Because what we just learned last week when she was receiving the American Cinematique uh award <laughs> um <laughs> that was the word you had trouble with <laughs> yeah i have a lot of trouble with a lot of things um yeah, award um kevin foggy was presenting uh as part of that whole thing and thanking her for all the work that she's done because she's been in a shit ton of marvel movies i don't know if you knew that um but she uh it was mentioned that she is once again working with marvel on what they are calling a top secret project not related to black widow um what do we think this is, number one? And are we surprised to see her back in the fold after she sued the shit out of Disney? <laughs> you know what I think the top secret project is? They haven't found a project for her yet. <laughs> That's literally what it is. It's a situation where like they're like, oh, let's let bygones be bygones publicly. And we're going to just you know tell you you're in a top secret project. We haven't found one yet. We're going to find one soon. Because if it's Marvel, what's she going to be? Like, like, Wolverine. She's playing Wolverine. <laughs> oh, why not? Yeah. Like... I, <laughs> I I truly love this because 100% they don't have a project. 100% they don't have a project and they're trying to find No, it. I don't believe that. <laughs> I'm just thinking like they're going to throw her into something. I What I really think it is, is it's probably, um, well, they, so they didn't say not related to Black Widow. They, mm -hmm. I, I think I misspoke. They said, I think pretty much she's not portraying Black Widow. Okay. So my question is, Maybe they're doing like a Yelena Belova or whatever her name is, um, a Yelena movie, and she's directing it or something like that. Um, oh, I see. What I can totally see like, something like that yeah. where she's because yeah. she embodies, she knows the stories, right? I like she, that. she's played it forever. So I'm thinking that that could be it. Um, otherwise, um, I have I have nothing. <laughs> I would love the fan reaction of it's just like, you know, like after getting the fan reaction from Black Widow being like, we don't need this. We don't need this. And having one of like, yeah, now let's try her as a little kid and see how that goes. 
it's just like, oh, that's not going to be <laughs> like that won't be as great either. But I don't know. I mean, hey, excited for her. Can't wait to see the top secret project. Well, not so secret is the fact that uh, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy, who is doing wonders and has tons of Star Wars films coming out in the next few years, sarcastic, um, has uh, she's been signed for another three years as president. uh, And she recently commented that the original characters from the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. um, So we are talking about characters like Poe, Finn, Rey, um, that we are going to see them again at some point. Uh, She said, certainly those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on. And those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. Um, It doesn't sound like there's much, (laughs) there's too much specificity there. Um, They're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Huh? Um, So I I don't know which characters here. Would you want to explore more? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not heartbroken that these characters are coming back. I I like the idea of these characters coming back. Um, I think those main three um, are, you know, some great characters. I think, you know, if we look at importance, um, we could look at, you know, a situation like little girls dressed up as Ray for like, you know, for Halloween for five years or so when Star Wars was at its peak and stuff like just like when girl, little girls dressed up as Leia during the re-releases that we dealt with. And so there is an importance there um, in the prequels. No one dressed up as anything because those were friggin' weird. But um, I think that what needs to be done and what is often done is we need to, you know, take greater care of the characters that are can sometimes be washed aside. And I think that what happened in the, those, the sequel trilogy is some of those characters did get quite washed aside. Um, especially John Boyega's character. Do you notice I'm saying John Boyega's character? Cause it doesn't come up re- Finn. There it is, but it did yeah. not come up right away. And so there's the problem. Um, and then Poe, hey, that one came up right away. Um, but <clears throat> with like those three, I mean, they're just, like, you know, they ended like sort of like as great friends, but off to explore different areas. Um, there is other properties of Star Wars that take care of characters that are either liked or quite disliked. Um, I mean, I've watched the Clone Wars and there are arcs for Jar Jar Binks. Now, that didn't change my opinion on Jar Jar Binks fuck jar jar binks but (laughs) but they still give that time to grow a little bit they still like are giving him those chances and um i think that they you know these three should give him now in in, you know in another way of saying this uh you know technically the original uh three characters that we know and love didn't really get chances but they kind of did in the sequel trilogy so they sort of also those three and i mean of course luke leia and han um so I guess what I'm saying here is that, you know, I, I sure. love these. I love these three characters. <laughs> sure. Yes. I love these three characters. I think, you know, I would love to see them in any sort of properties. Um, and they deserve, you know, the chance to get a proper conclusion because they just they, they didn't. Um, I don't want to be someone that like constantly like, you know, complains about the rise of Skywalker, even though I truly did not like it a lot. Um, but you know, they deserve, they deserved a better little ending there. And, uh, even if they got the proper ending, it's fun to see more of them. It really is. And so I'm okay with it, especially cause you know, the pop pop culture sometimes demands it, especially with, uh, you know, this time where we're very pop culture hungry. I want to see a project around Finn. I want to see them mm-hmm. flesh him out a little bit more, give him some more time because he really did take, uh, I think they were doing a good job with him when force awakens hit. Um, but then, and even in last Jedi, he was kind of, he had an impactful role, 
Um, but it, he really got sidelined in the last one. Yeah. Um, right. If I'm remembering that correctly, that's well, how I felt. In uh, Last Jedi, it was also a very weird because he was a part of the the casino scenes, which everyone kind of hated. Um, and so he like kind of like you know, Poe was like a part of the ship, and you know, yeah. um, I almost said Leia. Um, Daisy Ridley's character is like getting trained, and then you know, yeah, Finn is sort of in this casino planet, which was you know, I I thought was okay. Everyone else thought it was the worst scenes in cinema history, and like they should burn the reels of them. I thought it was fine. Like it wasn't great, but um, but he did get way more sidelined in Rise of Skywalker. Yes, like he was he was People not even are a ridiculous. People are absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Oh boy, um, I yeah, it's 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 tough sometimes because I I I do I I like to meet them halfway. I like to see where things are going, but there was some weird stuff going on. Throw together some series on Disney Plus for them. Like let's get them, let's reintroduce them and rework them if they're not happy with where the characters landed after. Uh, the sequel trilogy rework them a little bit and when i say rework i mean you know flesh them out in different ways yeah. than we've seen and let's see where it goes um i don't know that's kind of what's happening with the matrix 4 so there's the segue to that right so the matrix 4 we don't really know what the fuck this movie's about um it uh apparently isn't even a sequel because in a recent interview uh with oh my gosh so this is going to be a little bit of a uh a stretch for you here but um Mitchell, who is oh my god, what's his name? Uh, Mitchell. Hold please. Is, Mitchell? Mitchell, I don't know. So, oh, David Mitchell um, is one of the co-writers of this movie, and he was speaking um, overseas uh, to someone, um, and Showbiz Cheat Sheet has the English translation, which is from Reddit through Slash Film, where I got the story. Um, anyway, here's what's happening. Uh, he said he saw the movie, quote unquote, I cannot tell you what the film is about, but I could explain what it is not. It's certainly not yet one more sequel, but something autonomous that contains, however, the three Matrix movies that preceded it in a really ingenious way. It's a very beautiful and weird creation. It also achieves a couple of things that we do not see in action films, meaning it subverts the rules of blockbusters. That sounds cool to me. I got to be honest, because um, I didn't want just a direct sequel. Um, so doing something different with it and mixing it up, I think is going to be cool because at this point we're what a month out and nobody knows what the hell the movie's about, um, and, or what's going on. And I think that this is, this kind of seems like it is capturing some of the imagination and excitement of the first matrix in being a little bit, uh, elusive in terms of what the story is. So I think you had to do it this way. It's almost like yeah. it's an insurance policy. Um, because it's one of these things where all of these characters are, I mean, God help us, 20 years older. Um, you know, they look different. Some of them are not even involved anymore. So, you know, um, I think you have to do it that way. And it's easily explained, which uh, I love. Um, my mom always says this about like time travel movies. She says, oh, you can do anything with time travel. Anything's possible. Any sort of like you can explain yourself out of anything. This is different than time travel. This is a movie about a computer system. Like this, you could just sort of like do whatever you want when it comes to it. Like, it's just like, oh, there was a bug in the device. And that's why Keanu has a beard now. And like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's everything, buddy. Like, cool. It's like Lawrence Fishburne looks young. Oh, yeah. Someone spilled water. Uh, there's a smith that spilt water on the modem. And then a boom, skiddly do. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the that's the options you can do with this. And so. It was smart of them to not make it a direct sequel because what the hell happened at the end of three? I mean, I, I'm remembering 
the ending of three right now and i have no freaking clue what that meant um and so i mean i'm i'm gonna oh boy i gotta watch them soon don't i uh, i was gonna why watch don't you all take three a shot at the, why don't you take a shot at explaining what happened at the end of three to me they uh um, so they're on a ship um, and Neo was able to explode machines, even though he was outside of the Matrix. But because he was inside, the whole thing might have been the Matrix. And then they ended up on a park bench and they said, we're making a new world. And that's what the Oracle said. The Oracle's like, hey, there's another new world right here. And that's where they ended up. Are you sure about that? Not even fucking close. <laughs> just I last time I watched it, I was in college and I had a lot of pizza and beer inside of my system. That was it. I'm trying to find this clip real quick where um because <laughs> this just reminded me of like Dane Cook talking about how oh, ridiculous God. it is when you sound like a um when you're telling a, a, a telling somebody about a dream. Daniel Tosh. Um Oh, it was Daniel Tosh, yeah. and you were there. <laughs> and you were there. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was in a pool full of marshmallows. And <laughs> oh, no, I'm pulling it up real quick because that it is so damn funny. Um, the, uh, that was Daniel Tosh. I love Daniel Tosh. Where did he go? He didn't. Do, he doesn't do Tosh Point anymore. Well, Tosh Point was on for like 75 years. It was. I mean, um, he ran out of internet videos. Um, okay, um, it looks like I'm not going to be able to find just that clip, but go look up Daniel Tosh, the dream joke. It's really funny. You were there. <laughs> That's all I keep thinking. You were there. All right, let's talk about our last story of the night, uh, which is uh, about Chris Pratt voicing Mario in the upcoming film, uh, Super Mario Brothers Animated, coming soon to a theater near you. Uh, anyway, the what is um, at the, the core of our story is that the producer, one of the producers of the film, was recently chatting um, with, uh, oh my God. Well, I'm getting the story from CNET, so here you go. Uh, but uh, basically, they are not, uh, they didn't allow Chris Pratt to do the Mario voice and to imitate an Italian accent. So the whole like, it's a Mia Mario thing isn't happening. Um, but his direct quote was, we cover it in the movie, so you'll see we definitely nod to Mario's voice, but that's not the tenor of the performance throughout the film. What? Um, I, this, don't, the reason don't, I it, the friggin this is the Mario movie. Don't say tenor of the performance. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we're talking about Mario here. This, this movie's going to be a piece of shit, and you're talking about tenor of performance. I'm done with this crap. Well, here's my thing. This is what really frustrates me about this, and this kind of gets back to the Jared Leto thing, too, uh, is like why uh, my buddy said this about Jared Leto. Hire a fat actor. Stop putting people in fat suits. That's um, very important. That's very important. It, yes. But it's a bit, it, I don't get it. Like, I, I, I do get it. Chris Pratt is a draw as a name. So they wanted a draw. They want to put big names in there and whatever. But find an Italian actor that can do Mario's voice. Like, there's no Italian actor fuck? that sounds like that, though, because that's not a real Italian accent. <laughs> I, I, I know that. I know that. But I mean, like, like or re, uh, readopt the voice in some way. You know what I mean? Like, I guess yeah. what they're going to do is try to make it a joke in the movie that that's not really like his real voice. And he like coughs. And then all of a sudden he talks, he's like, it's like me and <clears throat> Mario. Yeah. Like, yeah. Something <laughs> like that. But I just, this whole, this stuff drives me nuts. Like we are still in 2021 talking about projects that are upcoming where we are like having people who are not, who do not have the characteristics that the role calls for 
Um, we're taking those people and molding them into it just for the draw of their name. Jared Leto, I don't fucking know. Like uh, that, that's definitely not a draw. So I don't know why he's included in this shit. But like, find someone else to play the role. Do better casting. Stop going for the same people. Goodbye. This honestly makes me think of Bob Hoskins um, when he did the live yeah. action Mario, um, and he sort of decided like, did he do an Italian act? He, I mean, you know, I, th- I think Hoskins is British, or excuse me, was British. Um, but I, who the hell knows? Because that guy was just amazing. Um, but I think he did like this, like <laughs> he did like an Italian Manhattan. Yeah, it was a New York yeah. accent. Yeah, because they were plumbers not- from New York. <laughs> And so he didn't do, he never did a, it's like, it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> well, and so if they were going that route, like I totally would get it, but that, yeah. I don't think that's what they're doing in this. I movie. don't know what this is. I, I forget. Is this, this Mario is an animation, right? Yes. This is the dumbest goddamn thing I think I've ever heard of. Like, this is so <laughs> <laughs> we, we've so talked stupid. about that. We've talked about this already. So I can't get, I can't react this way every time, but I, I'm going to be reacting this way now because this is just so friggin' stupid. Like next thing we know, like, you know, Anya Taylor joy is not going to be able to do like the peach voice properly. And Seth Rogen can't do the monkey voice properly. We have to, I, I don't know. The I'm, monkey I'm, voice. Seth Rogen can't do the monkey voice properly. This is why people tune into this podcast. They're getting the hard hitting commentary of Seth Rogen. Can't I'm do the saying monkey that voice that's, properly. The, that's the commentary that will exist in the ether in two weeks. And why do we have this Yoshi cancellation? Like, where is he? Did the woke mob get Yoshi? Where's Yoshi, actually? Is he? I don't know. He's not cast? No, he hasn't been cast. Where the fuck's Yoshi? This is when you get, like, Vin Diesel to do, like, Yoshi! And that's it. (laughs) Oh, my God. $50 million for Vin Diesel for saying two syllables. And then at the end, like, you know, it's just like, will will you save us all, Yoshi, and sacrifice us? And he goes... Yes, yeah, yes, we are family. <laughs> that was my we are Groot reference. God damn it, <laughs> I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Like, I don't know why this got me so mad. It's just like this movie's gonna come and go, and it shouldn't get me mad. But for some reason, it's just Chris Pratt not doing the Italian accent, which is the better call, is pissing me off. <laughs> the reason it's gonna, it, it, we need to talk about it is because we're gonna get uh, a, like a teaser in a couple weeks, probably. Oh, then no. we'll get a trailer and we'll have to talk about that. Then it's gonna make decent enough money because kids are gonna enjoy it and they're gonna make three more of them. They're already making a spinoff of Donkey Kong. So, like, this is the new thing. Get ready. This is not going anywhere. And they're going to have the most ridiculous people. Like, they should put Christopher Walken as, <laughs> as I, anyone. I, try, <laughs> that I, think of that. I wonder if things will start to eat themselves eventually. And they'll say, hey, these movies are doing great. We're on the fourth movie. Let's make a video game out of this. That's that's Kirby. Kirby. Oh, that's Get it? That's a joke. Uh, oh, he does eat himself. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, so I want to dive into my rave for the week. I haven't had a rave in a while. I've been pretty pissy. Uh, but what I want to talk about goes back to your movie of the week that you watched, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, and it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. So a lot of people were getting a little tired of Lin-Manuel Miranda, I think, when he keeps popping up in things like most recently, um, having directed Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, also putting himself in the movie for a cameo, <laughs> if you caught that. Um, and uh, Very quick one, yeah. <laughs> voicing and writing songs for Vivo on, that went to Netflix, uh, writing the music for Encanto that com- that comes out today as well, I believe. Um, a lot of different things. And of course, you know, Hamilton continues to be a powerhouse every time that it hits a new city. Uh, there's, you know, countless projects that he's involved in. Um, he wrote the music for Moana, all that stuff. 
But this man continues to deliver. Like it is that is just I think we're we're gonna look back on Lin Manuel Miranda as one of the the best all around entertainers of our generation in 20 years when we're looking back on everything that he's done because the man is overworking himself, but he's showing that he can deliver in everything that he does. Of course, you're getting different, you know, Viva wasn't the best movie, but his performance was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we should also mention that he produced in the Heights because of course he wrote the, in the Heights musical um, that happened. He's just, he's such a good all around talent. And I feel so lucky that we have the opportunity to see all the, the the results of all of his hard work, um, not only in the music that Disney has kind of <laughs> co-opted as their own, um, but also in a movie like Tick, Tick, Boom, where he understands Broadway. He understands who Jonathan Larson was and what Jonathan Larson meant to uh, the Broadway community and the theater community in general and how he kind of reinvented musicals with the modern rock musical. And he brought not only that piece to life, but the creative process to life in a new, different way that we haven't seen before in a musical on film. I just, I really think that Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to go down as one of the best uh, filmmakers, entertainers in history. It's really one of these things where, um, uh, looking at him, uh, one of the greatest moments there where uh, you sort of touched upon it, where, yeah, he acknowledged where the rock musical began to enter the fray. Um, and changed Broadway um, in like in an outstanding way. Um, he then changed Broadway with In the Heights and Hamilton with the Absolutely. like rap musical, which is getting spoofed is like, you know, and he's getting spoofed for it. And that's fine. That's that's funny. It actually is kind of funny when they do spoof him for it and everything. And he joins in that uh, a lot of the time. Um, and other times it's being genuinely copied, which it's not that great, but also that's what happened with rent. There was a lot of, like, there was a lot of copies that weren't great after. And so that's going to be what happens. If you're trying to shade, uh, Amazon primes, well-received Cinderella, then. (laughs) Hey, Hey, we know about that. I had a lot of Advil PM and I slept through it (laughs) and I woke up at the moment. James Corden's head was on top of a mouse. (laughs) So I'm never going near that movie again. That was horrifying. I'm sure it was horrifying for people that had the context, but for me that woke up out of an Advil PM days. (laughs) Oh boy. Billy Porter was the best part of that movie. All right. So you have a rent. It seems. I I changed the game. I changed the game just now. I have a rave and I'm, and I'm being sappy. My rave is, uh, my rave is my uh, soon to be wife, Sam. My voice almost broke just now. Um, she has agreed did, to marry me uh, about a year an, and a half it, ago. It didn't almost break. It didn't almost break. It broke. It. it, it oh, did it? <laughs> yeah, it broke. <laughs> Fuck this microphone. Um, so, <laughs> brand new microphone. Picks up every sound. Um, love this woman. I wish you. I really do wish you was here. She is out doing wedding chores or wedding errands or whatever you call them. Um, but otherwise, uh, she would be. Uh, she would be here. She. W- she wanted to make a, a quick uh, stop on the pod. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer her questions very quickly because uh, she had some questions to answer. Oh, save them, save them. We'll do oh. that. We'll we'll bring her back as uh okay, Mrs. cool Phillips in the future. <laughs> That's fun. Oh my god, Mrs. Phillips. So I don't know. Like I, you know, obviously we talk about movies here as well. So I'll talk about my future wife in terms of like our moviedom. Um, she was someone who uh, you know, also like when we started dating, would also go see movies alone. Um, because she wanted to make sure she saw all the movies. So I was like, okay, so. 
this woman's big. The first movie we ever saw together, it was a big romantic night. And so it was a lovely romantic evening. It was Manchester by the sea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, great. Like really, really just like picked up the spirits. Uh, so it's we all both, four. <laughs> we, it's all four. That would have almost been worked better, but um no, Manchester by the Sea, and then we cried a whole time. Then we watched Lion together. We cried the whole time. And so, like, already I'm, like, crying in front of her. So this is working out pretty good. Like, you know, I'm already that comfortable. Um, but, uh, you know, she she takes on my obsession with movies pretty well. Um, I But I also make sure I don't see movies without her. Like, right now, I would have seen House of Gucci because she's doing all of her crap, um, stuff like that. And instead, uh, I'm waiting for her to see House of Gucci because she wants to uh, see that. Then there's other times where she says, like, wow, I like Dave. Uh, excuse me. Uh, wow, I like Dev Patel. I'll definitely like the Green Knight. And <laughs> she didn't. Um, <laughs> so, so there'll be those times. But, uh, you know, she's a great movie companion. Um, she's one great to, like, watch movies on the couch with. We'll make our little comments. We'll, like, you know, make fun of uh, the movie if it deserves the making fun of. Or even if it doesn't, we'll make fun of portions of it. Um, and uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, spending the rest of my life with her because she is amazing in every way, accepts me for who I am. Um, and I'm going to stop talking because otherwise I'll start crying on the pod. So that's it. My rave is my soon to be wife. Can't wait to fucking call her my wife because <laughs> I need to call her my wife. This fiance <laughs> thing is like, come on. But uh, my soon to be wife, uh, Sam, that's my rave. Well, that was adorable and probably the most adorable moment we've had on this podcast in 72 episodes. Um, but uh, hey, the weekend's coming fast. The wedding will be here before you know it and it will be over before you know it. So enjoy the time uh, that you have this weekend uh, and then plop on the couch and watch every movie you possibly can for the foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're looking for movies to watch, here's what's coming out this week. Black Friday hits VOD yesterday. Clerk hit VOD yesterday. Encanto hit theaters. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City hit theaters. I saw a review that said it excels in some areas, does not in others, which was like the most like. That's the nicest review. All of the other reviews I saw are just eviscerating that movie. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, House of Gucci hits theaters. A Boy Called Christmas hits Netflix. The Unforgivable hits select theaters. And Licorice Pizza hits theaters. Uh, and that is where we're at with that. Any other comments, Sean? Boy, oh boy, I have a lot of work to do next week. When you know, because this weekend I'm obviously not watching any uh, any movies, so I've got uh, quite a few in the theaters that I got to get going on. <laughs> some people have uh, some people have like games on at weddings, like football games and stuff. But I'll be sitting there like in the corner at the table with like a movie on streaming. So if you want to like <laughs> pop in and see like part of not yeah. liquor's pizza because it's in theaters <laughs> during during the dance with my mom, I'm going to be hearing a boy called Christmas in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a musical? Because probably it will sync up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to request be. the I'm going to request a song from the prom be played. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> hey, buddy, I'll see you this weekend. See you this weekend, dude. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening. You can follow both Joe and Sean on Instagram at Guy at the Movies and Math Teacher Movies. New episodes of the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean are available every Wednesday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be on the lookout for special spoiler pods where we dive deep into the latest film releases. If you like what you hear, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. See you next time.